Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You know more about the baseball models in the course of this episode. It's to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game, if you're interested in the Discord chat, if you're interested in the A-plus play of the day, all of that is on Dub Club under $1 per day. That sign-up link is in the show description. Membership will be well worth it. I promise you that much. But even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view on here. And don't get distracted when the Mariners have a nice little uh, one nothing lead and a perfect game going, and then the Rangers accidentally score two runs and, and the Mariners lose 2-1. That sort of thing does happen. It'll balance out in the long run. Uh, we're going to win some games that we don't deserve. We're going to lose some games that we deserve to have won. But, you know, again it's it's not about the day-to-day it's about the long picture uh you know i always say good and bad variants will occur but again it's just a reminder that that you know baseball is a, a, a marathon and not a sprint and so as just a reminder we're going to talk about six games here and i have something interesting to talk about with every single one of them but Whatever happens with these six games, we're not going to overreact or underreact. We're not going to get too high if we go six and zero or, or nine and zero because I got some totals right. And we're not going to we're not going to you know be too depressed if it goes zero and nine because in the long run, we've got a profitable process. Especially back in those A grade plays, the B grade plays have just been the craziest roller coaster of the season. But the A grade plays and those A plus plays of the day are where it's at. And again, if you want the rest of the A grade picks, including the A plus play of the day, exclusively found on Dub Club. Uh, a great day slate here for Wednesday. But before we get to it, some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. A grade moneyline plays return four units. That is the risk plus win will equal four. The B grades will return three. The C's return two. You'll see that on the screen on the little banner down there at the bottom. But with the scaling and with the picks, with everything, as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Starting off in the daytime here, 1235 p.m. Eastern, Rockies to Pirates. Um, Look, who's going to win this game? No idea. Um, that's why Rockies plus the 135 is not a bad play. It's a C grade value wise as the model says it should be pirates minus 137. So it's not really great value. If this number jumps up a little bit more, uh, especially if it gets up to plus 140 into the plus 140s, that becomes a B grade. And the model would say that there's more value backing it. Uh, if it does accidentally get up to about plus 150, that's where Rockies would become an A grade play. I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. A sense teller is not anywhere near as good as his ERA, but of course it's not a surprise. He's only at one start. So he, he did well in that one start, but the underlying metrics weren't great. Historically, he's been below average. It's just that he's going up against Rich Hill, who's been a guy we backed a few times this year. We faded him a few times, kind of zigged and zagged them pretty well with his starts. He's well below average. That's evidenced by his 454 ERA, and the advanced metrics say it actually should be worse than that. So the main reason I'm talking about this game, A, it's a day game. We all love some day action. But B, I'm on the over here. You can still get an over nine. Um, 
it should be over eight and a half. There's some over nines out there. If you pay a little more juice, you can get that eight and a half. But I like the over. I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this game. Model projects 9.5. I don't really know why this isn't at least nine with a bunch of juice, Oregon, where I'd put it at nine and a half and just dare people to go over the hook um, or dare entice people to go under in a game that I think just might have a lot of runs into this Rockies offense. Looking a little bit more competent so far. Uh, things are moving in the right direction for them. Scoring a few runs here on the road uh, a couple times here lately. That's surprising. If they can hit a little bit better on the road, that's going to make them more of a complete team and be more of a little bit of, of a threat on the road. Whereas in, uh, you know, last couple of seasons, they've, they've done really well at home, but just haven't haven't done it away from uh, Coors Field. So if they can hit the ball a little bit, Pirates offense, not bad. I mean, either offense is terrible. The Rockies relievers, I have zero faith in them. I got two below average pitchers. Uh, you know, we're going to start in the mid sixties and warm up into the seventies should be a sunny day. Wind will be blowing out, not strong five to 10 miles an hour, but you know, just, you know, day game, nice day, warming up, wind blowing out and crappy pitchers and honestly crappy relievers for the most part. Like we should have some runs in this game. So I like the over, uh, again, eight and a half or nine, depending on where you're shopping, you're able to get a nine right now, more on even money, which is really nice for paying the juice rate and a half. It kind of depends on what you're looking at, which one's a, a better value proposition in that discord chat. You can get through dub club. These are the type of questions you can ask me and I'll, and I'll give you my best mathematical answer as to which one to do. Uh, but I think a lot of runs I'm liking the over. And again, I, I think the Rockies got a chance to pull it off. I have no idea really. And that's why I'm just looking at the price at plus plus one thirty-five and think it's got some value to us, right? Because if you go up to the roulette wheel, I'm going to be plus 135. I take it all day. I don't know where it's going to land, but I like the odds. And it's kind of the same thing here. Uh, the Pirates should be favored. They're at home. They're the better They're the better team. But with Rich Hill in the mound, I don't really know what's going to happen. So I'm I'm going Rockies here. The The Pirates bullpen is, is okay. Uh, Rockies isn't. So if you don't want to go first five, you can take Rockies first five. You're probably not getting it as good of a price there. But if you are able to get a plus 135, I would rather have plus 135 for first five than full game because I just have zero faith in that Rockies uh, bullpen. But maybe take a t- chance on the dog. And, and like I said, I like some runs here in the early game. 140 p.m. Eastern Dodgers at the Brewers. I think the Dodgers at minus 160. It's a B grade. Sideline says it should be Dodgers minus 171. It's a B plus grade. If it gets to minus 155, that's an A grade. So we're only a nickel away. It's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it here is it almost gets to that coveted A grade status. Uh, but this Dodgers team, after starting off terrible, is all of a sudden come around and looking like the Dodgers we thought they'd be all season. It's, it's yet another reminder what we talk about is the team's never as bad as their worst week. They're never as good as their best week either. And this is why we have the model to help us not overreact to what happens on a bad couple days. Teams break out of slumps all the time. There's no way to try to predict something like that. The Dodgers busted out of it and all of a sudden um, looking pretty solid again. They've got a pretty big pitching edge here. Clayton Kershaw versus Wade Miley, a pair of lefties. Miley's done really well this season, and early on, we were backing him a few times. I think he was undervalued. I kind of think that value proposition has flipped now. 231 ERA, so I think everyone's seeing that and realizing he's a solid pitcher. It's just that the underlying metrics say his ERA should be closer to four. The model projects him right around league average, and now I kind of think it's better to be fading him because I think now he's gotten a little bit too much hype, whereas before, I think people were writing him on my office terrible, and I was like, hey, he's decent. And now people think he's good. And I'm still saying he's decent, right? There's no change in, in my thought process there. His results have been good, but the underlying metrics indicate, again, he's nothing more than average, which is not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Just he's going up against Clayton Kershaw, who's still one of the stronger pitchers in baseball. 253 ERA in the season. And the underlying metrics, again, for him also do say that it probably won't go that well. It's just Kershaw has a history of being a very good pitcher. So I, I, 
I, I have a lot of confidence backing him. Whereas Miley has a history of being a pretty average pitcher. So, I mean, no matter which way you want to look at, uh, there's just a lot of reasons here to think that Kershaw is the much better pitcher. I don't think I'm breaking news there. And that's why we're laying the lumber with the Dodgers. They have the much better offense as Brewers offense, somewhere around the league average Dodgers offense coming through strong now. And is again, one of the top ones in baseball and the Dodgers relievers are better. So the Dodgers have an edge everywhere, everywhere you look, not quite to an A grade. If you can get minus 155, that gets it there. But I still think the Dodgers are a strong play uh, here on Wednesday afternoon. Total in this one, Eight or eight and a half models is 8.3. So the model thinks this is priced really well. Projector, we might open the roof up here in Milwaukee on a day game. Upper 60s, slight breeze. Should be a nice day in Milwaukee. Open roof there. Um, it could make the ball, tends to make the ball fly a little bit more, but it tends to make the ball fly a little bit more when they open the roof on a hot day. This is not a hot day. So if you're looking at the analysis of roof open, roof closed here, just be careful with that because a lot of the roof open analysis for Milwaukee happens more on 75, 80, 85, 90 degree days. You get a few 90 degree days up there, not ton, right? But, but a few when it gets up in there and they don't have an air conditioner in that park. And it's just like Seattle doesn't either, but of course it doesn't get hot in Seattle, right? We don't have an air conditioner in that park. They don't want to close the roof because it's just going to make it stuffy. So with no air conditioner there, if it's 90 degrees, they got to open the roof, right? And, and the ball flies because it's hot. And now you're playing like you're playing in Texas or Atlanta or somewhere on a hot summer day, right? And so just be careful looking at the roof open, roof closed, because we don't have a ton of roof opens. This is like the lower end of the roof opening scale. They might close it. You never know what they're going to do, but it, it, it's not going to be a typical warm summer roof open day where the ball flies out of that park. So uh, slightly chillier temperatures. It's going to play like the roof's closed. If you're looking for a total analysis on that one, like I said, I think the eight, eight and a half, either one of those is priced pretty well. Not a number I'm touching either way. Late afternoon slot here, 3.45 p.m. Eastern. Nationals at the Giants. I got an A grade on the Giants here. Backing Sean Mania. <sighs> yeah, well, um, you know, uh, sometimes you got to do fun things to make you feel like you're living, right? No, <laughs> no not where I want to go with this. Mania is terrible, and I've talked about that. Here's the thing, though. I, I think we're getting some value in this game because everyone knows Mania is terrible. He's got a 733 ERA. But here's the thing is the underlying metrics suggest his ERA should be more in the upper fives, which is terrible. I'm not saying it's not, but that extra run or two can really matter. The Giants bullpen is respectable. He doesn't have to go deep and then turn it over to a bunch of reasonable. I mean, at this point with Manaya, I'm out there just saying, Hey, get, get me through the lineup twice. Give me five innings. Give me four innings, right? You're not asking him to go out there and get seven and turn it over to a decent set of relievers. And they can hold down this really below average Nats offense. Right? So I, I think there's some value here because people are like, Oh, Manaya is terrible. And, and he is, but He's facing an, a Nats team that's a little bit left-handed heavy that dings them facing a lefty. A Nats offense that isn't very good. He's at home, more comfortable environment. And again, he's got a decent bullpen behind him. And I think we're getting a little value because we're fading Josiah Gray, a guy who I swear we keep fading this guy and it keeps being profitable ever since about the middle of last season. He had like three good games in a row and everyone thought, hey, he's this prospect that we all, he's the guy we thought he would be as a prospect or whatever. 
and he's not. He's still a below average pitcher. I know he has a three ERA this season, but the advanced metrics say it should be in the mid fours, which still puts him below average on a park neutral basis. I think we're getting value because Manaya might not be quite as bad as people think. And I think we're getting value because people think Josiah Gray is better than he is. And so that's part of the A grade here that we're finding this value. That's just not the perception out there is that people think that Josiah Gray is going to be this ace or whatever for the Nats. And I'll tell you, the ace is going to be McKenzie Gore. It's not Josiah Gray. At this point, Josiah Gray is like a number four, maybe number five. Not a very good pitcher. And the average Giants offense should be able to take care of that. And then whenever... Josiah Gray is done. Like I said, the difference in him and I am, and I is not expected to go deep. Josiah Gray is because that Nationals bullpen is really bad. They got a couple decent arms, but they have no depth. So if he's not getting them seven innings, and, and I know he can get them seven, uh, but he's averaged under six this year. And again, I think he's been lucky too. I think the projection is probably more about five. It's going to leave a lot of innings for that bad Nationals bullpen. I think we're getting value here. It's just a misperception of the two starting pitchers in this game. Not to say that Manaya isn't terrible, but I'm just not sure he's quite as bad as people think. I actually have almost a slightly better starting pitcher here, and I think that just says more about Gray than anything else. I just think he's really overvalued. If nothing else, Manaya might have completely lost it, absolutely, and he may be out of the league pretty soon, absolutely. But my point is, I'm not really confident in saying one pitcher is better than the other. What I am confident in saying is it's kind of rounding air and neither pitcher is very good. And so give me two crap starting pitchers. Okay. Well, then I look at the bullpens. Who's got the better bullpen? That's the Giants. Who's got the better offense? It's the Giants. Whereas giving played in San Francisco, right? So minus one to be five is just a gift of a price, in my opinion. Model says it should be Giants minus 191. And so this is an A grade all the way up to about minus 170. Total in this game is eight and a half or nine. Model says eight and a half. If you wanted to play a total, the model wouldn't tell you to go over, but an overplay might not be the worst thing in the world here. Like I said, two bad starting pitchers, in my opinion. Uh, really bad Nats bullpen. The ball carries a little bit better in the day in San Francisco. Um, you get the like Marine Larry type stuff, which is not really like a binary on-off type thing, right? It's more of a spectrum we're getting into the part of the year where that Marine layer at night is going to be more of a thing, uh, you know, between that park, uh, you know, a little bit in Oakland, definitely San Diego uh, also being right on the coast. Right. So it, it becomes a situation where in the day, the park tends to play a little bit smaller, especially if the sun's out, that sort of thing. It's going to be weather-wise just like normal, a wind that doesn't matter because that swirls around like crazy in that ballpark mid-50. So it's not about the temperature or anything. It's just about these pitchers aren't that good. Day, day game, you get more runs in the day there. you know. So the model isn't all over this over, but if I was going to play a total, I would be going over 8.5 or 9 just on the – uh, weakness of the starting pitchers, but again, tons of value on the Giants at minus 155 just because of the misperception of these pitchers. The difference between them is not what their ERAs would suggest it is. Another late afternoon game here for you, 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Blue Jays at the Phillies. Let's grab the Blue Jays here, plus 108, B-grade value. The model says it should be Phillies minus 103, so it's basically a coin toss game. So plus odds provide some value with the Blue Jays. If this gets to plus 115, it's an A-grade, so you're about seven cents away from an A-grade selection here. So just keep an eye on the price movements. The other thing I like about this game, though, is the under. I'm playing under eight and a half. The model projects 7.8. Something to keep an eye on here is the weather. Right now, the wind is across, but to a cross, a mixture of across and in. 
and that could definitely matter. We're talking about a five to 10 mile an hour wind. So if that's blowing in, that's really going to help the pitchers. If it's across, it obviously won't. It'll be about 70 degrees for the totality of this game. But I love this under because I think that we're getting some value on these starting pitchers. Kevin Gaussman and Zach Wheeler both have ERAs around four, but their underlying projection, underlying metrics actually outperform their projection. What I mean by that is when you look at uh, all of the underlying metrics, the advanced metrics, all that stuff you can look at, all of them are better than what the model projects them at going forward this year. That tells me these two guys have pitched pretty well. They just had some bad luck. Gaussman's had some bad luck with bunching. And this is a very key concept. There's a lot of statistical concepts that I've learned over the years that I hope that you slowly pick up on from me, learn from me, learn from other people. So we'll follow really smart analytical people on Twitter, on whatever social media you can find and, and read books. I've read a lot of books about these things, but uh, there's no real skill or ability for pitchers to like bunch hits and not bunch hits. There might be a little bit of skill and ability with pitching with runners in scoring position, that sort of thing. There is something to be said for uh, some, not as much as it used to be, right? The skill's almost gone and not skill, but this, the, the, the change is almost gone back in the day, right? When a pitcher was kind of told, Hey, go out there and go eight, nine innings. Right. I, I don't forget Pedro Martinez talking about this would say, you know, Hey, third inning, one out, nobody on, he'd throw a fastball, put a little extra cut on it right down the middle of the plate, get a little more movement and just try to get a nice little ground ball to the shortstop. Right. You don't see as much of that today, but there is something to be said for, there is a little bit of pitcher ability to pitch better when runners are on base because they might dig a little bit deeper because they are trying to go deeper, right? So I'm not, I don't want to discount that too much, but the bunching of hits where like one inning, you give up like six hits in a row and then you go three innings without a hit. That's not really a skill. If it is, it's the smallest thing. It's mostly just randomness. And Gaussman's been bit by that this year. He's just had like a couple of innings across the season where just things have just gone terrible south for him. And if you were to kind of like simulate the world basically and all his at bats or whatever, and kind of space those out like they normally would go. He would only give it about half the runs he's given up this year. Uh, Wheeler's had some similar issues, right? And, and that's just kind of some small sample size, bad luck, right? That's going to balance out. Like I was about good, bad variants can balance out for these guys individually. And I think we're getting some value going under in this game because I think people are looking at Gaussman and Wheeler and they're just saying, oh, maybe they're not quite as good as they once were, getting a little older or whatever. I think these two guys are still legit aces, top maybe five, but for sure top 10 pitchers in baseball. I think this total's priced too high. Again, model says there's about seven tenths of a run of value going under eight and a half. I think it might be more. I think this total should be set at seven and a half. And honestly, I would probably play under seven as well. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of runs in this game. I think under makes a lot of sense. It's not going to be really a hot day. you got decent bullpens behind uh, these starters. I just think these starters uh, are going to go out and duel each other um, in, in what should be a quick pitcher's duel. So I'm going to go under. Again, also taking the Blue Jays in this one. I, you know, Blue Jays have better offense. Uh, Phillies are at home. It's all kind of a wash, really. And that's why it's coin toss. Take the plus odds. If I get the Phillies at plus 108, I would do that too. But that's not the bet we have at this point. So it's just about plus odds because I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's two great pitchers. should be a great game. And if if you're looking at minus 105 and minus 105, I wouldn't touch it because I don't know what's going to happen. Plus 108, sure. Let, let's take let's put a little bit on the Blue Jays at the plus odds because either one of these starters could go 7-8 shutout. And it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, which one will do it? Who knows? Maybe both will. I, I don't really know. But the plus 108, a little bit of value. Like I said, I like the under as well. I just think this is a little bit of value on two pitchers who are just as good as um, 
everyone thought coming into this season has just been some bad luck might be taking a little bit of the shine off of them. For the night game, 7.40 p.m. Eastern, Cardinals at the Cubs. Let's grab the Cardinals at even money. A grade here. Jordan Montgomery versus Justin Steele, two lefties. And I love both these guys. I think they're both really good. Here's the, the thing. Uh, Jordan Montgomery has a 329 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be a tiny bit better than that. But right in that low three, he projects a little bit higher than that because that's a really good number. Justin Steele has a 145 ERA, and there's there's no way that's sustainable. All the advanced metrics have him regressing uh, back closer towards league average. He's still a really good pitcher, absolutely, but the underlying metrics for him and Montgomery are pretty similar. And so I say that not to insult Steele, but just to remind you how good Jordan Montgomery is. He's a guy I've loved and I've thought has been under, undervalued. I think he's undervalued here. You've got two really good starting pitchers. There's some value on the Cardinals because if you just look at the ERAs, you would be convinced that Steele is a much better pitcher. But both of these guys are really good. I don't think Steele's going to hold up this 145 ERA. That's probably not breaking news to you unless you're a diehard Cubs fan, and then maybe you'll argue with me on that one. But I think both these guys are going to finish the year with ERAs right around three, which is still really good to solid pitchers. But the perception right now is that Steele is the much better pitcher. And I'm just not sure that's the case. I think they're both good. And given that you've got... Two good pitchers. The Cardinals' bullpen is better, and the Cardinals' offense is better. I think the Cardinals should be favored here. Sideline says it should be Cardinals minus 117. Not to say the Cubs can't win this game, but they're outmatched everywhere or even everywhere. The only potential edge they have comes in Justin Steele, who's just matched up against a really good pitcher himself. Steele against another pitcher is a different story, but Jordan Montgomery, again, a guy who's undervalued and really good as well, kind of nullifies the edge that the Cubs are supposed to have when they throw out the guy who's um, you know, one of their two co-aces, right? Him and Stroman, of course, being the, the two aces of the staff, nullified in this game. So I'm on the Cardinals here at plus... Uh, or plus plus odds, even money, whatever it may be, as uh, they should be big favorites of this one. A grade, uh, as long as you're getting anything better than minus 105. Also going under on this one, simply because, like I said, I think these are two really good pitchers. Uh, going under eight, model projects 7.3. We're going to be in the 50s for this game. Right now, it doesn't look like there's a very strong win. That's why we've got a total out. The, the win's a little bit more crazy during the day in Wrigley, so that's more where the books hold off on making... Uh, putting totals out there, but it looks like a slight breeze blowing in and then kind of shifting around a little bit out. So just kind of a non-factor overall for the win. Just chilly night, two great pitchers. I like the under eight. I think the Cardinals should be favored. They got everything is either as good or better in this game. The only thing is, of course, it's on the road. I think the Cardinals got a great shot to win. Even money, a great pick for me on the cards. And the wrapping is up 7.40 p.m. Eastern, White Sox at the Royals. I'm so tired of talking about this series. Um especially because these two teams are terrible, <laughs> but uh, I, I like the over in this one. And at least as of right now, at least as of right now, there's an over nine out there at a popular domestic sports book at minus minus one twenty. I think landing the minus minus one twenty makes a lot of sense. Otherwise it's nine and a half. I think there's gonna be a lot of runs in this game. So having that push protection on nine is worth its weight in gold. So the main reason I want to talk about this one is simply because go run, don't walk to get that over nine, even though it's laying a little bit of, of, of a juice there. Lance Lynn has really struggled this year. Uh, underlying metrics, not great either. As they suggest, his ERA should be in the upper fours. That's definitely below league average. He projects to be better than league average because of his historical data, but it hasn't worked out well for him so far. Brad Keller hasn't looked great for 67 ERA, and the advanced metrics actually say it should be worse. He's a below average pitcher. 
hitter-friendly ballpark. We're going to be in the low 80s to start. We're still going to finish in the mid-70s. Wind will be blowing out at 5 to 10 miles an hour to left field, helping all those right-handed hitters out. Actually, going to be a lot of runs in a, in a park like Kaufman. Like we talked about, as it starts getting warmer, Kaufman's one of the parks that just are going to have some crazy run games. You're going to have some games that are just you know, three to one, because sometimes that happens. Right. But you're also going to have some games where the totals are going to get hit by the fifth or sixth inning. And this is a candidate for that. There are no locks in gambling. So you never really know how a game will play out, who can keep the ball on the ground. Obviously the pitchers want to keep the ball on the ground. It's not that easy. Right. That's not, if it was that easy, they wouldn't just do it. Uh, but a lot of potential runs in this one. So again, go run and get that over nine minus one twenties. The model says the projected total is 9.9 with regards to the side. I'll take the Royals at plus one sixteen. another game where I have zero idea what's going to happen. Both these pitchers aren't that good. Lynn's the better pitcher, uh, but this white Sox bullpen, like, I don't know what is going on with them. They are just like, I know they're bad, but, like <laughs> they're performing way worse than that. I don't know when it's going to get solved. Uh, obviously, Liam Hendricks on a rehab assignment. That's going to help a little bit, but this White Sox bullpen is just really struggle. The stars are struggle. I mean, they got some bats. That's why I like the over. Uh, but I mean, who the heck knows what's going to happen in this game? The, the model says White Sox win 54 ish percent of the time. I, I honestly don't know. Like you could tell me anything would happen in this game. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like that's, Players had to take his pants off and run around the bases. Sure. I don't know. Like these two teams are bonkers, right? So I'm kind of in the like, Hey, take the plus odds. Uh, but again, also just love the over I, it, it, no locks in gambling, but a lot of runs on the table in this one based off of the park, based off a slightly warmer day. And just based off of, I'm not sure there's a good pitcher that's really going to be in this game. And so the offenses should have their fair share of chances to get on the scoreboard. That's all I've got for you here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content around this channel is right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow more baseball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.